I'll hold you close in my arms. I can't resist your charms. I'll be a fool for you. I'm sure you know I don't mind. Cause baby, you, you mean the world to me. I know I found you in my endless love. Continue podcast. That's right. We've never fucking done endless love. Wow. Uh, my name is Anthony John Agnello, <laughs> and if this is your first time here, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's definitely setting expectations. It, yeah, I, I we, we we're giving you the straight dope this time. This is a podcast that is mostly about video games and is occasionally about Mad Mardigan. Uh, mm, yeah, true. I also have with me my two co-hosts. We have Susan Art. Hello, everyone. Uh, we don't we don't usually make a pitch in the beginning of the show for people to back the show on Patreon, but if you want to hear a story about the most cunning goddamn mouse in history, you go to patreon.com slash continue podcast, you get the pre-show segment of this. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, it's been, we also it's, been, have, it's been a hot oh, minute since I, I had a pre-show story to tell. Uh, it's, yeah. My, my stories are, are worth backing. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, when they happen, this one's for they, the are, they are amazing. For 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 longtime listeners, I will say this one is up there. It, it is not like tonally of a piece, but of a piece in scale as the tale of Bridget being lost in the sewer. That's, Chloe, Chloe was lost in the sewer. Chloe, oh, it was Chloe yeah. lost in the sewer? Yeah, Chloe was Chloe lost, in, lost the in the sewer. Yeah, uh, it's that good. It's that good. Uh, we also have none other than uh, the the original, the OG Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts. I think I'm a physical media guy again. Oh That's, Jesus, dude! <laughs> when were you not? When did when no, did there you was a period of time during the PS4 was. era that I was like, I don't want discs. I'm just gonna go digital. And then Sony fucked it up. <laughs> and now I just I'm like I'm not gonna go buy disc versions of games i already own digitally that's stupid I, but i got i went like i was like resident evil's out i'm gonna go get it walmart's got it for ten dollars off on launch day there it that, is yeah there you go that's what i did i want i i i i don't remember the episode but i'm sure one of our listeners is enough of like a continue podcast historian please go find the episode <laughs> Where Dave announces to me and Susan, guys, I sold my PS3. He's like, what am I going to do with it? What do I need my PS3 for? Well, I'm just going to play Metal Gear Solid 4. And, I, and Susan and I were both like, fucking mark the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mark the day and let's count down how long it is till you're back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no joke. Uh Anyone listening to this who, like, sits there and thinks about the, the digital or physical divide, unless you really don't care about going back to things, just just get... If there's no price difference, just go get the disc, man, or the cartridge, because we can tell you all three of us have been at various stages of our lives where significant portions of our physical collections of games have vanished. Susan, you I know that like you lost almost everything at one point. Yeah. Dave, you you <laughs> there's almost like like a werewolf cycle with Dave. Speaking of Resident <laughs> Evil 8. 
where like where there's like a full moon and I'm, I'm discovering that i probably have adhd which is probably what cycles some of this um so we'll see how that goes but yeah oh, no I, there, there there's probably definitely some like i get it in my head i'm like man they're just gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna get rid of it all they're just gonna, they're gonna get i gotta go i gotta get it i gotta get it back and then i get it and i'm like i don't have time to play these games <laughs> i gotta get rid of everything <laughs> Well, you know what it is? You know what did it to you this time? It's mucking about with all those Game Boys and stuff. Because it's all tactile. It's all ta- You're like, ooh, look at all the things I have. And aren't they cool? And I like touching them. And then you're like, oh, my games are digital and I can't touch them. I can't touch them? I can't sell them if I need to sell them? Yeah, that's a pain, too. It's a pain. Uh, and you also... Man, like, I, I dropped out a little with PS4. I was like very sort of half and half. I was like, I'm only going to get things on PS4 that like I really want. Like I know I'll want to play again. And now... Wait, digitally or physically? Physically. Physically. Like I was only going to get things physical like if I knew I wanted to play them again. And like things like, you know, Titanfall 2. I was like, I'll just get it digitally because... Mm, And and then I ended up loving that game. But uh, it's having these discs has been fucking awesome with PlayStation 5. Amazing. Because some of them you can't get anymore. There's the awesome Godzilla game for PS4 that is now, if you have that PS4 disc, it's $250 minimum. Minimum. And then there's other things, like, like if you download Last Guardian, you have to play it at a locked 30 frames per second. If you... Cause it, oh, yeah, because it downloads the patch. Okay, yeah. If you have the disc, you can play it with an unlocked frame rate, and it's like, oh, wait, that's what this game... Sh- like, this is what the dream version of this game runs like. So, keep it... keep Because keep it, keep it, it downloads the Guys, patch so with it, too. in our lives, again. Uh, oh, my so God. Many. There's so... There's just so many, dude. There's a lot of video games. Um, before Before we get to video games... <laughs> Because there's going to be a lot of black goo and fucking tentacles on today's so show. so many. Right? Yeah. Just across the board. So I wanted to get the, the non-video game black goo and tentacles out of the way. Susan had feelings about Venom. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, so Just real before, quick. Just, yeah. We'll, we'll, okay, so the trailer for Venom 2 came out. Like, I did not watch Venom when it came out because... A, I knew like Spider-Man wasn't in it and it looked stupid and I don't, you know, I I was like, eh, I don't really care. But then the trailer for Venom 2 came out and I saw everybody freaking out about it online and so I watched it and it's hilarious. It's Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. funny. That trailer is just, it's very self-aware and it's it's really great. So like, wow, okay, well, I want to see that movie. So let me go back and watch the first one. The first one is hilarious. Not yes. on purpose, I don't think, but... Oh. So I have feelings about that. Okay. I, I Okay, another one for the Continue Podcast historians. We're going to flash back a few years, and shortly after the holiday season, we reconvene for an episode, <laughs> and there were no new games, so none of us had really played anything. I was like, you guys want to know what I did this weekend? My wife and kid were out of town, so I got loaded, made a Lego spaceship, and watched Venom by myself. That movie 
was clearly made by people who had such utter disdain for the script that they were handed and the executives who were paying them. Yeah. And every scene in that movie from all performers comes across like, oh no, I have superpowers and we have to deal with a conspiracy. (laughs) And whether or not delivering dialogue, it's so clear that they just are like, let's see how far we can push this and if they ever tell us to stop when we show them the dailies. Susan, the lobster scene. Yeah. The scene with the lobsters. Yeah. Dave, this is a a real scene in a real movie that was like supposed to be sold to teenage edgelords. Tom Hardy, you will no fear, Tom Hardy, Mm. has uh, an alien monster in him and he's not feeling so good. (laughs) He's feeling very hungry. His estranged girlfriend is at a fancy restaurant, like straight out of a bad fancy (laughs) restaurant scene from an 80s movie. 100% accurate. And he goes in and like looks like he has the flu. He's freaking out and he crawls inside of the lobster tank of the fancy restaurant and starts fucking eating live lobsters raw. And he's eating them like he's the Tasmanian devil. He's like, rah, 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 rah. Susan, did you watch this by yourself or did you like, were you around other people? Because I had me, this It was feeling. me and my husband. So like, was was he on board yep. with how funny it was? All right. Yep, yep, because 100%. I was by myself and I was like, no one's gonna believe me that this is sick. <laughs> no one's gonna, yeah, I can't wait. I'm so excited. A, uh, I discovered that the voice of Venom, who is hilarious, by the way. Venom as a character is so funny. Uh, It's Tom Hardy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's another Tom Hardy voice. It's another Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And so, and apparently he ad-libbed a lot of it. And like, for when he went, uh, so Venom is, is hungry a lot. And he talks to Eddie Brock, his host. Venom is a parasite and Eddie's the host. You know, I'm, I'm hungry. He's like, all right, well, what do you want to eat? Pop-tarts and, or not Pop-tarts, uh, Tater Tots and Chocolate. You had my heart at Tater Tots and Chocolate. Like the, the, the space parasite being hungry for Tater Tots and Chocolate. That won me over. It, it really is like... I, I, something I feel like has been lost in the success of all these superhero movies is at the beginning, like part of what made like Iron Man so popular was you had a character that was admitting how tacitly absurd everything was. Yeah. At the same thing, at the same time as taking it seriously. And Venom is such a stupid character. Yeah. <laughs> Venom, Venom is so so dumb even in the pantheon of dumb characters so they they're they're like let's leaning into it is the only right choice um and god bless woody harrelson for continuing to okay himself how is this man such a good actor like (laughs) like he's he's i mean 
you look at his face and he's a doof. And then you see him when he was on Cheers and he was playing a doof. And then, like, this guy is a <laughs> magnificent actor. <laughs> Legitimate yeah. spit take yeah. for Anthony. <laughs> anyway. He strikes, he strikes me as a human being who has never uh, forgotten to have fun. Yeah. At, like, all times. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. We got we've gotten the non-video game gooey black tentacles out of our lives. Let's talk about the sheer visceral pleasure and truth of getting caught by slimy black tentacles on an alien planet from a yep. ceiling. Yep. And air dashing out of that shit. <laughs> because it feels All right, so we we're, we've been playing Returnal. Susan and I have been playing Returnal. Uh, I have finished Returnal because we found the one <laughs> video game I'm good at. Um, we talked uh, on our last episode about the fact that I was buying Returnal out of uh, a sense of uh, uh, fealty to Housemark and wanting them to just survive. Uh, little history story for everybody. It's not long. Susan and I, a bunch of other people, are at a burger place after E3 in 2014. Oh, and yeah. there's a table right next to us. And it, as tends to happen at these functions, the people are like boisterous. It's the end of the week. They're just feeling good. They're happy to see strangers. And the people at the table next to us are like, hey, who are you guys? And we're like, oh, we're, we're from Joystick. And we're like, who are you guys? And they're like, we're from Housemark. And all of us like stood up basically, and we're like, "You guys are great, fucking yeah. Resogun, yo, and uh, Dead Nation, and we love you." And <laughs> and that is that is how I feel about them, and, and they engender that feeling in a lot of people with their games because nobody else makes anything like what they do. But like <laughs> other people, I was very skeptical about them delivering a like uh, a big budget project mm, mm -hmm. uh, especially one at the bananas bonker pants price of seventy dollars i would have given them whatever they wanted for this <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want guys susan how how are you feeling about it because when we sat down to record you were like i am angry that i have to do this right now because it's making me not play returnal Yes, exactly. So I, uh, my husband brought his PS5 with us on vacation and he got it while we were there and I watched him play it a little bit. He doesn't like it because he's, it's the roguelike elements. He's like, nah, like I like, I like the playing of it is great, but the, the core conceit of it being a loop, he doesn't love. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. So mm. that like as soon as we got home, I downloaded it. And that is what I've been doing this morning before doing this show. And I'm like, I love this game so much. I and let me okay. I, I just wanna say I even even before I saw saw it and uh I was gonna get it just because the main character is a middle-aged woman and i want to make sure they get a positive response to that uh because like if if celine celine's the character uh, if she was a dude nobody would bat an eye like exact same abilities exact mm -hmm. same story nobody would care but the fact that it's a woman of that age that 
that mm-hmm. it's not about her being a mom. It's not about her being a mentor. It's not about her being, you know, the evil villain. She's just the main character. Mwah, mwah. Oh, I love it. Um, And she's fucking rad. <laughs> she's <laughs> like, rad. And, and she's fucking AF. rad. So... Yeah. Returnal, I like I I have run into this a lot. I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions mm. about what this game is because until you're actually playing it, it's not 100% how it's going to play, what it's going to be like. Yeah. And the the, the thing that is very striking about Returnal is that it feels like the work of people who were like, let's try to make a video game that's all the parts of all the video games we've ever loved. Mm. Like, let's throw it all in here. Let's throw in PT and Dark Souls and Super mm. Metroid and um, I, I, I very explicitly in terms of like gameplay even, Silent Hill 2 is all over this game. And the result is not something that feels like a pastiche. It feels like something entirely new. Agreed. Um, I, yeah, I I mean, it is like, and I, and I say this having like the honeymoon period in, in the past now. Like I haven't played it in a week. I beat it. And I'm like, even a week later, you know, sometimes you play something, you're like, that was goddamn amazing. And then a few days pass. And yeah. You're, you're just sort of chill out. I unequivocally, this is a masterpiece. It is Housemark has delivered their first true masterpiece. Um, so it is roguish, yes. but it is not like Hades. You're not. No, uh, yeah, it's more like Moon Crash. It is much more like Moon Crash. It is much more about uh, a sort of. It's expecting you to play for a long time. Yes. Before you start to repeat anything. And I would say even more so than Moon Crash, because Moon Crash, you have to really play to start to get any sort of feelings of permanence. Yes. Um, and uh, Returnal, however, really starts building up your feeling of permanence very quickly. Yes. Um, you you will... It, these runs, you know, people, people think of it Can like, we, oh... Let me, let, yeah. me, let me back up a step, because to, to lay down the basic... Here's what yeah. happens when you play for people. Yeah. Uh, you start, you crash on this planet. You're you're chasing a signal. By the way, nobody got my white shadow joke, and I'm very disappointed about that. Oh, no. The, the, the name of the signal is White Shadow, which was the name of a show about a basketball coach in the <laughs> inner city in the 70s. Oh, no. Somebody yeah. actually made that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was a white basketball star, and then he goes to coach in an inner city school. That happened. Anyway, okay. That's an offensive title. It's... mm, (laughs) So... That's Dear 1970s America. Not great. Yeah, well, Dear 1970s America, we need to talk to you about a lot of things. But anyway, so you crash, (laughs) and you start to... uh, So your ship is toast. Your equipment is toast. So it's like, all right, I guess I'll go chase the signal on foot. As you do that, mechanically what happens is you will get to a point and you will first encounter your corpse, that's not a spoiler, and two, you will die. At which point you return to your ship, it always starts with the crash, but 
you might be inside the ship this time. Or mm-hmm. you might be, you know, at a slightly different part of where you crashed. And then you go you go off again and you try to track the signal again. You try to, to get to it. But the rooms that you encounter, because that's you're you're moving from room to room, will be completely different. But it's like you're pulling from a set of I don't know how many how many rooms a hundred. Yeah, I, and that. so if that it's probably more like fifty. Mm-hmm. So if you've been in this particular room before, let's say um, there was a, a a thing you had to analyze. If you've done it before, when you rock up to that room again, because it will come up in the shuffle, it will already be analyzed. So the, mm-hmm. if you think about it like a deck of cards, you're, you're, you can only do so many permutations and the game is going to put them in an order that helps you advance. Yes. Yeah. And that <clears throat> that is at least like of a piece with a lot of like the modern roguelites that have sort of become popular over the past mm-hmm. six, seven years, like enter the gungeon, dead cells. It's the mm-hmm. same sort of like here are bespoke rooms. But Returnal very quickly gets you on the path of you're exploring through here. As in a a Metroid, you will find something that will yes. augment your suit. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden that will fundamentally change the way you interact with the environment and open things up. And it doles this stuff out snappily. Where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you got to this room, you found the fucking sword, and now you can melee attack and <clears throat> destroy this type of barrier. Very in that classic Metroid mold. So, uh, totally permanent. And like yep. a, a lot is permanent. The only things that are not permanent is your weapon is not and those, permanent. Those suit, those suit upgrades your are permanent, right? health isn't permanent. And you'd think that that would be really okay. frustrating, but it makes for this awesome tension when you're playing because health pickups, if your health is full, a health pickup will go towards extending your health bar. Oh, snap. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. And like, it takes a while to pick up on that. Yeah. And so, you know, like these sorts of items, that stuff's what's impermanent. And it's also every, there are six maps, there are six biomes. And as you play through, it is always you will encounter a locked door. Your first task is to find the key that will allow you to access that locked door. There will typically be something that behind it that you have to fight or another challenge, and that will lead to you unlocking a permanent portal to the next uh, biome. And as you play, it very like you you are given enough power that it really does expect you to be like, all right, we'll go through the biome. It'll be much faster and that'll bulk you up and you'll have gear to go mm. into the next series of challenges. Yeah. Um, what is so distinguishing about this and not to go into specific narrative spoilers, but something incredible about this is th- this is a, a, a I, it's unfortunate that this came out in such close succession with Hades, because mm. I feel like people are automatically placing like the expectations of that game type on Returnal, and they are fundamentally different. Yeah. Because Returnal is 
in the truest sense, like when you're playing physically, somebody has finally cracked the code for what a three-dimensional third-person Metroid and Contra should feel like. Mm. Like, anybody who plays this game, never iron sight ever. Ever. <laughs> if you are stopping, you're dead. Never stop moving. It is just go, 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 go. Go. Never stop. Never stop and think. Just dance around all the time uh, in a very sort of classic shooter sense. In a very and Piano 3 sense. Very Piano very piano 3. Very like, Piano 3. There's no fucking way that they have not played that game. Oh, in, God, no, no, absolutely there's not. No, there's no fucking way. Uh, because it is like all about like lateral movement, too, yep. which is very, very... I've never seen it besides Piano 3. Um, but like Hades... Hades is very smartly using the rogue structure to fuck with your uh, perception of story. And, yeah. like, the idea of repetition and the idea of, like, this sort of, like, endless cycle that you'll never really escape is fitting for the whole mythological pantheon mm -hmm. in that game and allows them this opportunity to explore character in a really interesting, rich way. You get to see these people over and over again. The reward is more character. Returnal is using the rogue format in an equally interesting way for narrative, but, you know, in a, from a completely different angle because it's all about an internalized experience. Mm. And the way, the way this game, right from the start, uses this super familiar, you know, Groundhog Day-esque uh, format to draw you into the experience of Selene is fucking peerless. It's peerless. Yeah, yeah. And, like, there, there is no, like, distinction between the structure of this game and your experience of the character and their life. It's awesome. Um, what, what I appreciate about it... And I'm only a, I don't know, hour and a half in, something like that. Yeah. Is how quickly you are able to learn and strategize. Mm. Uh, there are, for example, there are, uh, uh, they're like gold, they look like gold sparkly stones that lie on the floor. If you go up to one, the floor is going to crumble every single time. You will be, the floor is going to crumble and you're going to be taken to an, another chamber. And maybe that's good. Maybe there's something cool in there. Maybe that's bad. Maybe it, it sucks. <laughs> if you're at full health, yeah, maybe you feel like doing that. If you're at low health, <laughs> maybe you don't. There are these other things. Um, uh, what, malignant, is that what they are? Uh, yeah, ma they're malignant items. So you, yeah. you will find health, health drops and like currency drops that are infected or treasure chests that are infected. Yep. Yep. And if you, and, and again, this is a choice, you can pick up the key and if it, things that are malignant have a chance of breaking your suit and they tell you what the chance is low to very, you know, like low to very high. And if it breaks your suit, by which like, you know, maybe your cooldown for your, your uh, alt fire doubles. It, there are two ways to get rid of it. It will give you a task, like pick up an artifact, and then mm -hmm. great, your suit's fixed. 
Or there's a, a, a thing you can find called ether, which you can use to s- sort of cleanse the, the malignancy and fix everything. But ether is used. Ether is very valuable. It's used for other things. It's one of the things that's uh, that carries over from cycle to cycle. It's like really good currency. So you can mm-hmm. use it to fabricate a new item or whatever. Blah blah blah. So you can if you if you're feeling you know spunky and feel like taking the risk. Great, go ahead and pick that up. If you're not, no thank you. I'm moving on. You can just mm-hmm. completely ignore it. The game doesn't force any of that on you, which I so appreciate. And it doles out all of the information about these things so seamlessly and like it never wastes your time. It's a remarkable mm-hmm. how little this game wastes your time. Yeah. Uh, I really hope Retro Studios, when uh, you eventually finish Metroid Prime 4 in the year 2039, <laughs> uh, like take a fucking lesson. <laughs> Don't go back to the way it was in 2002 in Metroid Prime where it's like, put on the visor, stop, scan yeah. the thing. Just fucking be able to walk up to something and scan it and then you have that information it's fine. Yep. Celine does it and just tell Samus, just do what she does. Celine's just do what Celine does, Salmon. Come on. Um, I I will... Susan, this... He did, Salmon. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, in Metroid Fusion... Did you say Salmon? Uh, Salmon has to go <laughs> back to the river where she originally came from on the bird planet and swim up the, the space pirate waterfall. Um, <laughs> Susan, this isn't a narrative spoiler. Can I give you a weapon spoiler? Do you mind a, a weapon spoiler? You can do that. Because I, I, I want to talk about how, like, another thing that's a little permanent. Because you okay. don't get to keep your gun right. when you die. But as you're fighting, you are leveling up something called your proficiency. And right. the proficiency, uh, as, you, as your proficiency goes up, that means it will raise the level and the impact of the weapons you find. Mm-hmm. As you are more like gain proficiency while using a weapon, it will unlock other attributes for the weapons you're using. And when you f- next find that weapon, it is it has a very good chance of having the attribute that you have already unlocked. Uh, this game has a spread shot equivalent, like from Contra back in the day. You will find it in the first biome. There's a weapon called the Hollow Seeker. Use nothing but the hollow <laughs> Noted. Don't you don't use anything else. All those other weapons, those <laughs> are chump weapons. The hollow seeker. So th- this is the spoiler. As you level it, you will get something called serrated ammunition. Oh my god! And you will like it, it, this has tracking bullets, and you will just like fly across a room. Piano three gun Valkyrie style, and all like you will just see the health bars continuing to diminish, and they're nice. like, not not even in sight anymore. And then as you get to like the end game biomes, the next thing that you can unlock is called the fucking portal beam. So you'll have serrated ammo, but as you fire on things a hole in space will open behind you and just start tracking your enemies with a laser. So you, with this gun, will just be, like, causing damage in, like, seven different ways around you. I love everything about that. 
oh, the tactility of it. Just the fucking savor. Like, I feel like a she- like Iron Chef judge <laughs> being like, ooh, what you've done with the textures, housework. <laughs> um, Susan... <laughs> the umami of this weapon. <laughs> the umami what of this. What else uh... have you encountered in your first hour and a half? Like, oh. what have you seen in the environment that's been like, oh, dip? I okay. This okay. So there are these monsters that are on the ceiling, and their their tentacles hang to the floor. Because okay, the first biome is very jungle. It's it's mm-hmm. you know there's lots of weird plants and trees and it's all kind of floaty and moving and so you're like okay that's and then like you'll walk too close to them because you don't realize they're tentacles at first and they will just grab you and it's like ah they grab you and they like lift you fifty feet up in the air and it's like ah oh god and then you like air dash out of it and you're like okay well now you know to avoid them because you can't kill them. And uh, that is, like, the first time it happened to me, I was so startled. And then I was like, oh, God, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool, dude. Uh, I, I love, uh, I found, oh, and I found a, a breakable wall. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so there are, uh, every so often, you'll find, you just there, there'll be a wall with red light shining through it. Just shoot it. And there's something good in the room. So you found a little hidden thing with some good stuff in it. Go, go, go. Go do that. I just, I love how the game teaches you the things you need to know to mm-hmm. make it easier to go through the loops, right? Yeah. Like, yep. like, oh yeah, okay, I don't need to go there because it's whatever, and I need, and I don't need to try and pick that up because meh. it. Uh, I, 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 I wish it wasn't called being referred to as a roguelike or roguelite. Because yeah, that's so misleading. Yeah. While it is true that things reset, what is more important for your success in each level is knowledge. The knowledge you get and and the things you remember from doing it, not the stuff you pick up. Yeah. And the the idea like people do talk about this game in the same way that they talk about something like Hades where they use the terminology of like, oh, I'm doing a run. Yeah, And yeah. like, don't think about this game in that way. And like, fair warning to you, Susan, uh, the issue that surrounds this, like of the many criticisms leveled against uh, Returnal, the only one that's legitimately valid is, I would say that Sony pressuring Housemark to not have save points or like like save and quit as an option to oh, yeah. show off the quick resume feature is probably the worst thing Sony as a corporation has done design wise since insisting Lair have fucking motion I've seen, controls. I've seen people, so I've seen people talk about like, oh hey, so this game where you can't save mid run, like not even like a quick or like a quick save where you quit and then when you reload yeah. into it, it just yeah. deletes your save. You can't do that, so they're like, yeah, put it in in quick resume and you can play later. But then like they'll send out an update. It'll crash. And if you're and if you're uh, if the, if your system is set to like auto apply updates, game yep. closes. Yep. There goes your run. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I. It's a weird thing to recommend to people. But when I started playing Returnal, 
I didn't realize, like, I had recently been playing an old PlayStation 4 game that I didn't want to update, so the network on my PS5 was just turned off. And so I, ne- I, I, I was never connected to the internet, so Returnal just wouldn't update, and I never ran into that problem, and thank fucking God, because in order to get through the first... Like, in order to finish the first three biomes, it, it takes four and a half hours. Mm. Like, you've got to be playing nonstop for four and a half hours, and God forbid you need to, I don't know, quit the game. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, so when you say quit and everything, okay, you, you quit the game, and do you just lose... You just lose that run, right? You lose that run, right. Okay, but, not... But like, not everything you've done so far. No, 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 no. Okay, Not okay, just, okay. just the way you've lost on that run. But, like, in order to get through the, the like, the first three biomes, you have to do it in a single run. You have to do it. Like Really? Okay. Yeah. Like, to okay. get through the first three biomes, like, you can't, there's, you can't break a run. I mean, you can. Like, you can jump. Like, once you've opened the second biome, you can go straight to it. But you'll but be with, underpowered. But you will. You will be way underpowered. Got it. And like, I mean, I'm all for telling people to get good. <laughs> but like, I'm sorry that that's the that's a fool, fool's Eric. Question. Okay. So if you pause the game and then put your PS5 into rest mode, are yeah. you safe or no? Uh, well, unless the game pushes an update. Unless, okay. Or yeah. the, the PS5's notorious rest mode issues kick in and your game crashes when you try to yeah. load I've it up again. Had, I've never had that happen to me. Because that's what I always do. Is yeah. I always... I never quit games. I all, yeah. uh, The only time I quit a game is when I'm playing another game. Right, exactly. And, like, that's the thing. I was playing Returnal at the same time as Near uh, Replicant. And mm. so, like, there were nights where it's like, I don't want to feel every neuron in my brain firing simultaneously. I want uh, a big, deep bowl of delicious existential angst. Uh, not an option. Not an option. Um, uh, okay, I will say, for anybody listening, when you fi- when you start up the game, you are given an option to have it automatically connect to the internet when you play. Mm-hmm. Maybe turn that off. Turn it off turn it off there's uh, there's also like i don't know there is like there are these features in returnal like a daily challenge yeah. and leaderboards and shit but like I, who I cares know, like who the fuck cares yeah <laughs> I, if, cares? unless unless you're the person who's sitting there talking about Luke, gotta get my chivos my trophies yo like yeah fucking i don't know unless you measure <laughs> your self-worth in points like <laughs> Just don't worry about it's, it. It's no, it's no Jeff Grubb trying to get the highest time on Astrobot. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. His speed run times. Yeah, it's oh not, not that kind of game. Not that kind of game. Dave, are you going to play this game? You should play yeah, this no, game. Yeah, no, it's on the way. I yeah. ordered it. Oh, nice. Good. Excellent. Good. I'm, yeah. I'm excited for you to uh, play this game because I think, I think you're going to effing love it. Also, um, it's beautiful. Oh, it's so good. Looking. It's so <laughs> gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, this is also not a spoiler, but like the boss fights in this game are so goddamn awesome. 
<laughs> so awesome and there will be moments where like you'll get hit because you're like i just want to look at this i want to look at what's <laughs> happening and to experience it um yeah uh i know i know it wasn't that long ago on this show that i was like man fuck any game that tries to replace east nine as my game of the year but like oh anime <laughs> take a anime seat. game i'm sorry you <laughs> <laughs> so you just go work on your hair at East Nine. I know you're. I know you're into that. They're all wigs. No. <laughs> so so uh, that's one. That's that's one big pile of delicious gooey black tentacles. Uh, let's talk about another world of gooey black tentacles. Where typically when you run into the gooey black tentacles, there's some like megalomaniac in a three-piece suit being like, <laughs> you'll never get me, Chris and Claire Redfield! <laughs> um, unfortunately, uh, Angela Ashford uh, and yeah. Alfred Ashford don't come back to life. Put it in the bin. Eight. Garbage. We're gonna, we're gonna have to keep waiting. We're gonna... I... <laughs> Right. I wish just like bring back the voice actor from Code Veronica. Ashford. I'm to get you, Claire. Claire. Uh, and God bless him. Uh, Dave Roberts, you've been playing that Resident Evil Eight. You're a horror game guy now. Yeah, Resident Evil Village with the with the V I L. L looks like. Come on, that's eight, brilliant. Eight. That was br- it's very that is, it's, that it's, is my favorite thing since uh, Elder Scrolls Four. Oh yeah, Oblivion, the IV. Yeah, that, very mwah. good. Anyway, uh, not as good as dri- Drive Three Air, but you know what? <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> uh, yeah. Holy shit! I forgot about Drive so, Three Air. They announced this game a few months ago. And I was like, oh, cool, another one. Uh, I'll, I'll wait to play that because those games, are, they're spookums. I don't, I don't do well with the spookums. It took me a while to come around to play 7. Part, a lot of it is just because of the way that they initially marketed that game. My fir- and my first experience was playing it in a uh, dark wooden house in a busy show floor with a VR helmet on my head. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, it's not a great first impression. <laughs> but no, like that that was the vibe that they wanted to to sell that game on. They wanted to sell this game on. This game is spooky. This game is like horror unlike you've ever played before. And my experience with that game was like, oh, like the first hour is like really creepy, right? And But then the game, you get to the Baker house, you finally meet them. It's this wacky cast of shit. Uh, that's weird, and then and then it just becomes like Resident Evil, which is like, oh wait, these games are just body horror Metroid. Like, it just becomes a video game. Um, Resident Evil Village has that <clears throat> moment much sooner, mm-hmm. and th- almost immediate. Yeah, where so like I watched uh, mm. uh, Giant Bomb. Yeah. So when okay, hold on. When you're talking about seven turning into a video game, you're talking about like the last third of it, right? Well, I just mean like the, like the moment what? the moment when it opens up and you're actually able to explore the house, and you're like, oh, this door oh. requires a key that I have to like set into the door and rotate right. to make work. It's like, oh, right. right this right, is right. a resident. This is a video game. What, what right, it okay. stops being like people who are terrifying you. 
and like a disgusting black tentacle monster comes out of the basement and is just like, I got teeth. You're like, oh, <laughs> get out of here, you. Yeah. <laughs> Video games. Um, but so I watched a quick look, uh, the giant bomb quick look of it, just because I was like, okay, we'll see how this goes. And yeah, like right away, the game opens in a ridiculous like one ridiculous hammy acting and a ridiculous like burst of violence and then you're just kind of thrust into this world uh where you have to explore this village that is overrun with werewolf like a, just a cavalcade of monsters it's like van helsing the movie but like mm. good yeah um and then, so it opens very much with a set piece like Resident Evil 4, and it very quickly reveals itself to be way more like Resident Evil 4 than like 7 was like the 1, because as you're killing enemies, they're dropping money and they're dropping treasure, and you're like, oh, I can sell these and buy weapons now. Um, <laughs> and then, so the, the video that I was watching got to a point where you get to a house where all the survivors are, something bad happens right because it's resident evil just what happens and the main character goes why does everybody keep dying on me all the time and i'm like i have this this is the funniest fucking game ever made i have to play this it's hilarious and it's just making that realization going like yes these games are spooky but they're also funny like on purpose some i think like the original ones maybe not on purpose funny but the later ones, like seven, there are parts that are funny, but this one, there are moments in this game that had me cackling with laughter because, yeah, one, the main character is a dumbass, <laughs> just <laughs> the world's dumbest man, and two, yeah, Ethan Winters is a fucking dumbass. Oh, Ethan, oh, you gotta go back to school, man. <laughs> just get some situational awareness, and two. Uh, just, he is a constant punching bag for all of the shit that that game wants to throw at you. And the fact that he just kind of gets up and goes, okay, let's go. Um, I don't know. It just, it put me in a way different mindset playing this Mm. game than any other game in the series to the point where I think having this new frame of reference makes me want to go back and play like the other, because now I'm like less... I'm less spooked by it. I don't know. It's weird. I think, and like, if you, like, not to go down, like, the authorial intent hole, but if you read any interviews with, like, Shinji Mikami and all the people that worked on the original games, like, yeah, like, we wanted a pure horror experience, but we also love, like, Grindhouse movies. Like, Mm. we like, like, he, he talked about, like, watching John Carpenter's The Thing and being like, this is an incredibly scary movie but it's also preposterous it's very funny when like right like when like a head sprouts little spider legs and starts scampering around it's like uh, or when like there's a guy when like half his body is melting and he's just like (laughs) i don't think that's funny oh but it like it it's both right like it's it's both i'm saying like maybe not like laugh out loud funny but it's ridiculous like, mm. also mm. Wilfred Brimley axing an office apart. Yeah, like is is like there's a Th- there's, there's a, a dark a comedy of... to to the the stuff that they're going through because it yeah it's the preposterousness yeah. of it it's the 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 design of the monsters it's like it's like you're and 
we were talking about this a little uh, at, at the beginning of the show. I, I, I can't believe what a dork I am. I'm wearing a Resident Evil hoodie while we have this conversation. <laughs> I was wondering um, if that was intentional. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's just what I grabbed. Um, I We were talking about, like, the, I, I have this theory now that there is a Resident Evil slider. And the slider goes from uh, pretty serious horror, which is seven. Like, seven is very scary. And it is... Yeah. Uh, like the story ends up being like, like pretty soulful and well written you know you get really invested in like this horrible thing that happened to the Baker family and you know as you play through that game and you you sort of discover who they used to be it, it works really really well for as doofy as your character Ethan is where he's always just like oh what now oh no <laughs> he's got like a Gomer Pyle voice uh, at the other end of the spectrum is Resident Evil Zero, where it's just like, now you're on a train, and there's a man dressed like a carnival barker throwing crows and leeches at you. And there's a giant scorpion on this thing for some reason. <laughs> like, it is so silly and over the top. Look, the giant scorpion is just trying to get to his sister-in-law's house in Pacoima, okay? <laughs> That's right. He's and, like, he does this train... Every week, okay? And these zombies are messing it up. He's just trying to enjoy his can of Fosters in a paper bag. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Resident Evil 8 is firmly on the Resident Evil 0 end of the spectrum. Uh, It's not quite that preposterous, but it's very close to being the silliest Resident Evil I've ever played. Yeah. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, hang on. Yeah. I want to remind you that, I forget which RE it is, it's, I think it's one or two, has a zombie shark in it. Yes, that's one. One has a zombie shark. Okay. <laughs> this Again, is sillier we, than we, a zombie shark. We made a pact to, like, not spoil <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 but yeah. Yeah, like I'm I'm saying like within the first 30 minutes, it's way sillier than a shark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I'm down. And like it's also not like silly in the Michael Bay. Now there's a like a CEO turned into a Tyrannosaurus Rex made of legs. Like uh, it's there's not a, a helicopter exploding every 30 seconds like in 6. Full full count. 12 helicopters explode in Resident Evil 6 if you play all that <laughs> I counted them. There are 12 exploding helicopters. Too many. Uh, I uh, The comparison I made for this game is Resident Evil 7 is the original Gremlins. There's a vein, a ribboning of dark comedy, but right. it is otherwise like very tense and occasionally upsetting. Uh with like moments of levity to like sort of sort of give ease you, the tension, yeah, to relieve you. This is fucking Gremlins too. <laughs> you are not the first person that I've seen make that reference because it's not just like the silliness of it; it's the fact that it's like yeah. it's a grab bag of so many yes. elements of Resident Evil history. Like, there's a little bit of four, there's a little bit of yeah. one. There's, I mean, it's got the first person shooting of seven in it. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah. just like little bits and pieces and like and, like there are parts of it that are very funny and silly like the characters that like within the first hour you've met 
the main villains of the game. The villains. And yeah. they are just, oh my god, hamming it up. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then there's a part about halfway through the game that you get that is like one of the creepiest, like most disturbing moments in a Resident Evil game. Like, hands down. Mm-hmm. Hands, hands down. down, one of the spookiest, awesome. like, yeah, like yeah. horror shows like that you'll scary. go through. Uh, and even, even when you're prepared, like, people are like, oh, yeah, there's a moment. And I was like, oh, well, okay, there's a moment. And then last night, I got to it and like i wasn't thinking like oh this must be the scary part i was thinking please make this end (laughs) (laughs) uh interesting yeah but the thing is is like by by the time i got to that point i was as someone who doesn't really play horror games i was acclimated to it so i didn't feel like Mm. i was just being threatened you know here you go spookums uh so so yeah like i don't know it's it does feel a little. I don't know if scattershot's the right word. It does feel like a like a. It does feel kind of like a grab bag of elements as yeah. opposed to like a cohesive whole. Whereas like Resident Evil Seven, because it's set in this mansion, um, and you don't re- like other than the last third of the game, you don't really leave the mansion. It it right. feels like a single set piece whereas because of village like you start in the village but then you go to the castle then you come back to the village and then you go like it's it's the way that it flows is cool but it does feel like okay there are these four distinct parts of the game and they could be like any like it could be any resident evil you know what i mean yeah 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 i so i like the lava level yeah 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 but like i it's really funny uh because of how like super campy it is even compared to resident evil 4 resident evil 4 another preposterous game in a lot of ways, you're right? rescuing like, the president's daughter i mean when you, when you like, are like and this spanish villa has a giant like like it very and and a fucking dog saves you from the giant uh you know, Resident Evil 4 is over the top, and I was trying to, as as I was playing this, like, this game could legitimately be called Resident Evil 4 2. Uh, hmm. In the well, extent. It is. It, it is. Because it, like, it's four times like, two, so it's eight. They did the, they did the math. Yeah. They, did the, uh, they literally did the math. And, like, the extent to which it borrows the tropes of. Like, to the extent that. Like, do you remember how you could catch fish just in, like, a couple of moments in Resident Evil 4? Like. Uh, you, okay, okay, look. I didn't like Resident Evil 4. Oh, you're going to hate this game. <laughs> so I only played like maybe two hours of it. You will hate this game. Yeah, it's it's like, it's a lot more action focused. Like the enemies react almost exactly the same way. Whereas like you'll try to aim at them and they'll like duck and weave out of your gunshot. Okay. Like, like uh, aiming and you can shoot their knees yeah. and they'll fall down on the ground or shoot their weapon out of their hands. Okay, I have very specific questions I need to ask. Okay. Yes. Is there a care? Okay, so the what I hated about four was I thought the controls, controls, comma, uh, camera oh, sucked. Yeah. This controls Just, it's it's okay, seven, number but one. snappier. Yeah. Okay. But way, way way better. Like okay. I, like I, I it's much easier to play it than seven. I think. Okay. Fabulous. The other thing I hated. Well, I hate, it was so brown. That just really bothered me. But 
uh, the, the dudes with the chainsaws that you can't kill? Uh, are, are, well, you can kill them. You, uh, if you, you kept playing it, but like, like, like in the first like couple hours, though, like with right you in know. the first couple of hours, there's yeah. there, there, nothing quite like that. No, the, like okay. there is a moment at the very beginning that is very reminiscent of that opening like village uh, attack scene, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's truncated yeah. and yeah. like it's it's much more scripted. So like there, there, oh, there's cool. like you'll see okay. an enemy you're like oh there's no way I can kill that and then eventually like this like you just survive until the scene plays out the way that it's supposed Got to. Got it. There are yes. okay. enemies near the end of the game that are a bit closer to that, but again like but the thing is it's like by that time you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, learned the game and gotten the weapons right. and the skills to it's not like they just throw the hey here's a chainsaw guy 30 minutes of the game yeah. enjoy figure this yeah. out <laughs> aesthetically susan you will you will i like it this won't have the like like everything is like muddy like mm, uh lots like of mud was. but it's there's a lot of mud but it, i mean it this game looks banana pants okay um, yeah like I mean, it's not like Returnal, where it's like every single screen is like a work of art. But yeah, uh, like the aesthetic is it's very cool. Like okay, okay, and varied. Um, so the, the the one thing that I think is tough to get past, and like you wouldn't think that this would have such an impact, is every other Resident Evil is grounded by the fact that you are there for a reason. Right. Like, everybody is there for a reason. One, you're special cops. You're doing the thing. You're not, like, reacting to something. And even in Seven, Ethan is here to find his wife. And, like, this isn't a spoiler. It's on the back of the box. Ethan is trying to find his daughter this time. But, like, <laughs> there's no fucking reason Ethan is in this place. Like, and other than the fact Ethan- that, like, that, this is where the car broke down. This is where the car broke down. Like, like, so you are, and the beginning of the game is very roller coastery, where it's like you get to a point, and then like a monster throws you into the next series of rooms. Ah. So you end up with this feeling of being like very reactive, rather than mm. having a, a mission that you're in control of in this world, and it makes that that Dave, you were talking about the fact that other Resident Evil games create atmosphere and then invite you into the empowerment of a video game. You're just playing a video game right from the start here. Um, Mm. Which is, it like, it just creates a different sort of tonal expectation of everything that's happening. It's very, very good. It's very, very fun. It's very satisfying and rewarding. But it's not, uh, like... It, I, I, it, it's missing the thing that made Resident Evil 7 or Resi- the original Resident Evil 2, the remake of 1, feel like you're you're getting to experience this world. Yeah, it does you know? feel a bit disconnected. Uh, yeah. The, like, and maybe that resolves itself. I'm getting close to, like, the end where revelations are, you know, happening. And, and you do... You I believe they're called Revelatons. Bravo <laughs> to the both of you. Made the right? exact same joke with the exact same words. Uh, what is? Why are we like? This? I don't know. 
Uh, and then, like, yeah, you do you do see some iconog some familiar iconography. Let's say maybe some logos uh, that have mm-hmm. appeared throughout the series. You start you know, corporate co- corporate oh, logos. Like, okay. Um, well, I would assume. Yeah. I you mean, would hope. I, you would hope. Yeah, like it's a Resident Evil game. One hopes you're going to run into certain mm-hmm. color schemes. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, but. Even where I'm at now, they haven't fully manifested yet. So mm-hmm. maybe the payoff is there. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. But yeah, like up until this point, it really does. Like it's a good, it's a good video game, and it is. Uh, it has inspired me to want to go back and replay like the Resident Evil Two remake, uh, or finish the Resident Evil Two remake. I only finished part one of one of the of Leon's path. Uh, play Resident Evil 3 Remake, maybe even go back and play some of the other ones, just because it's like, it's gotten me to appreciate the silliness of the series in a way. It's like, like it, it's the kind of thing that you're playing, you're like, every, like, like, it gives the impression that everyone making it was just having fun. Just like, mm. like just, just having a blast. Everyone's just hanging out. Like, what, what if we have this monster? Put it in! Fucking whatever! We'll figure it out. Uh, it's, it's, it sounds kind of like Final Destination in the video game. Because the oh, thing about that Final Destination... Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Final Destination... Yeah. It, the, the, the first one has a, a really interesting concept that they lean into, and it's, it's very tense, and after a point, it's like, oh, is there a plot? Who cares? I just want to watch people die in spectacular ways. Yeah, what Rube and Goldberg they, can we create? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And like as they go on, you can just see the people behind it being like, yeah, yeah, look, look watch the setup for this one. Yeah, uh, yeah. The teddy and that, bear, yeah. yeah and that's that's kind of what I mean by the comedy of it all, where it's like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like, okay, like what, what ridiculous shit can we put in this thing? How can we make this even fun? How can we take our, like, the, the, the combination of the hammy voice acting, this dumb motherfucker of a big character, and just make something fun with it it's it's i'm having a blast oh oh i do i do have one question though because yeah. eight picks up where seven left off right mm-hmm. it's like three years mm-hmm. later but yeah it's like it's a more or less a direct sequel does it recap seven for you at there, all yes yes there, there, okay, like, when you start the game movie. there's like would you oh, like sweet. a recap of seven you hit it and it's just yeah like awesome. a three minute thing perfect because i don't I remember very little. I remember moments of Seven, mm. but plot-wise, not a damn thing. Like, I remember nope. when you first go to the, the house, you have to crawl under this arch made of horse bones. Like, I remember that. <laughs> I remember getting my hand cut off. And then I, I remember a part in a basement where I had to, like, okay, let me flip this switch so I can open that door so I can get that. And then... <laughs> and then there's a hand. whole boat section. Like, you're on a... <laughs> oh, yeah, the boat section's... It's just, that is just pure Resident Evil. So, <clears throat> the boat section at the end, Susan, you remember, like, how at the end of 7, it just becomes an action game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and it's not equipped to be an action game no it is not they fixed that like oh cool yeah so like now now it is the, it, it's meant for you to just be like bam 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 awesome uh, cool yeah i <clears throat> it's it'll it'll recap everything for you i i will say like as sort of disjointed as it is 
Resident Evil 2 Remake and 3 Remake had me really worried because those games are impeccably made and mm. they're pretty well written, but like they're so serious. They're so like a uh, big budget action movie as mm. opposed to like uh, now there's a fucking alligator. <laughs> Why is there an alligator? Shut up. <laughs> Mila Jovovich. Mila Jovovich, like, jump roundhouse kicking a zombie dog in the face. Right. Like, I'm... Resident Evil, you've... (laughs) Resident Evil, I've gotten used to a certain way of life. That... I'm I'm accustomed to a certain way of living, Resident Evil. And that certain way of living means I'm going to walk into a cabin and there will be uh, car-sized tarantulas on the ceiling. So... Okay. Do it. (laughs) I'm down with that. Uh... I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Once all three of us, Susan, your copy is arriving on Monday, right? Yes. Yeah. And also, oh. this is how stupid I am. I bought the deluxe edition, like the the ten dollar more one, because I thought the cover was better. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. It happens to the best. Well, of you us. don't like I the bought... you don't like the eye was it uh, eyes chin down eyes up look of the cover that's like. I... It's not good. No, I'm like, oh, wait, I can get this really elegant bird's wing instead? Thank you. Yes, I will pay for that privilege. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen the uh, UK cover of Resident Evil 4? It's called GameCube, Re- the Resi 4. Resi 4. Forgive Re- me. <laughs> uh, it's the greatest cover in Resident Evil uh, game history because okay. it's like a, it's a solid red background. And then a silhouette of like leafless trees and the silhouette of Chainsaw Guy. Like it, so oh, it's just wow. like black and up. on the red. It's fucking cool. Um, speaking of things that are fucking cool, that first time you scare a grookey out of the bushes and get his picture, yo! <laughs> I got him dead center in the frame. <laughs> and you got three points for it. I got three, I got all the points. Uh, Susan, how's that Pokemon Snap going? Okay. First, it's it's just more Pokemon Snap. It's a modern Pokemon Snap. Did you play Pokemon mm-hmm. Snap? Did you like Pokemon Snap? Yes? Good. Get the game. That's over with. This game is so bad <laughs> at telling you how to play it. Horrible. It's remarkable how much it gets in your way. It, just, mm-hmm. it tells you nothing. Like, I knew a lot. The, the stuff I knew, I knew from playing the crap out of the N64 Pokemon Snap. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you throw the fruit and get whatever. And I'm like, when do I get to go faster in the little car? Like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it doesn't tell you what the points are for. It doesn't tell you what the stars are for. It doesn't tell you, uh, you know, this, this Illumina phenomenon. It doesn't tell you anything. And that, I'm just irked. I'm irked by that. Yeah, but at least it takes 90 fucking minutes to tell you how to move a reticule on screen and press the A button to take a picture. Yeah, I'm not kidding. The the tutorial phase of this game to tell you what a five-year-old that can't read could have figured out on her own, and I watched this happen in real time. It takes, it, yeah, it, this is like the bad old days of Nintendo. This is like turning on a Wii game for the first time, bad Nintendo. Yeah. Um, and to to no discernible end. It's 
beyond me why the beginning of this game is so uh, grueling. Yeah, it is. It is because it's like, let me introduce you to these characters. Do they matter? No, not at all. They're just they're just there. Like okay, let's practice. What? What? Oh, awful facial hair too. The main, like the main professor guy with his dumb beard. Yes, it's bad. It's, it's bad. He, lo- he looks like he belongs in a two thousands era rap rock band. Like okay, straight up, the way this guy looks and talks, straight pedophile. I mean, <laughs> oh, I don't no. know why. I don't know why there are so many children around him. It's unwise. <laughs> He's in this this remote lab, and he lives up in the loft. Just and here's your special anyway. badge. You're, you're right, part of the right. lab now. And you get it, yeah. And he gives you a special badge once you're on the team. Anyway, yeah. And then it's like, let's teach you how to use the. Ca- here's another thing for your camera. Like, oh god, just let, give me a camera and let me go take pictures of the thing. No, no, no. First, you gotta practice. Take a picture, Pikachu. Okay, fine. Can I go now? No. Now you got to try to throw a <laughs> Pikachu. Oh, my God. I hate you so much. Yeah. But the game overall, really great. It's very, it's like you you remember how, I, so a, a, a very strange uh, result of Returnal is it's, man, this happens every time technology pushes forward you will play the thing that changes the way you look at older tech finally oh interesting okay you'll have you'll have the moment where like you've played something and it will just change your perception of the way games look like i think like monster hunter rise gorgeous game looks mm-hmm. amazing running on switch and i like had you know i played like 40 hours of that game at this point i've like oh man uh i can't get over how beautiful this is as a switch game Spent 16 hours playing Returnal, went back to Monster Hunter Rise, and I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, this really is just an Android tablet, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh. (laughs) Uh, But, like, Pokemon Snap is is a a wonderful, wonderful example of how, like, in the hands of of artisans with a very clear sort of aesthetic vision, Mm. you can make something that looks beautiful. New Pokemon Snap is, like, just nice to look at. Everything is... I mean... It helps that they're rendering Pokemon. Right. Which are it's not a- overly complicated creatures. No, no. <laughs> they're all they're all things designed literally so you could recognize them as just silhouettes, right? Yes. Like yes. that's 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 what they are. But it is very pretty, it's very nice to be in this place, but holy shit does it stand in your way. Uh yeah. I I really thought because I haven't played the original game in twenty years. You know, it's it's been mm-hmm. a long time. But my memory of it was like you press the start button, there's a paragraph of text being like, Bucking Welcome the to the camera. Snap Zone. <laughs> like do it. Uh and I was expecting to do that, and I told my five year old daughter, Honey, I'm gonna get you this game. I know you're interested in it. Uh and I'll I'll be there to read for you. But like mm-hmm. we'll just get after it. And like <laughs> After half an hour, Lyra's just like, I get it, just keep pressing A. <laughs> <laughs> Got it at we once. Get to the, 
we get get to the judging of the photos at the end of the stage and she's just like ah how many times do i have to press this yeah yeah come on man like this what are you doing there's no yeah for this and then okay so uh so i was playing this on vacation and I, I got to a point where I was not advancing the story because as the story goes, it unlocks new places for you to go mm-hmm. take pictures or it'll it'll uh, give you access to a certain course at night. Each of these new opportunities puts new Pokemon it. Great, whatever. There And I was stuck. I was not making any progress. So I'm like, fine. I look it up. You Because ha- I, I knew... I went past this this spot on a water course and I'm like, I know there's a branching path there. And I know there is a way to get this Pokemon to knock down those rocks. But I've, you know, I've tried. I tried hitting him with the Illumina Orb. I tried hitting him with the fruit. I tried playing music. I What, what do I have to do? Oh, you have to hit him with the Illumina Orb several times. Come on, man. <laughs> For, right? Like... Why was I supposed to intuit that? Oh, and the, like that, no other point had it come up where you needed nope. to. Do- nope. I hate when games do nope. that. Yeah, I'm like, okay, fine, screw you. And it, that was that's at the point because before then I was resolute about no, I want to discover everything on my own because this discovery mm. is part of the fun. Then at that point I was like, I will look it up immediately because the game is not giving me what I need. Mm. to play it honestly uh susan maybe i am a pervert okay <laughs> there's no maybe That's about that sense. go on <laughs> maybe i'm a pervert but did you notice that like as the game is like you've opened up a new path things have changed here the first thing it does is like make you look at a pokemon's butt like you you so the first the first stage of the game, you go on a track, and then if you level up, and then it'll be like, oh, things have changed. The very first thing that's happening is a buffalo's ass, just in the middle of but middle screen. Middle of screen. Yeah. First time, for, oh, I, now there are owls in the trees. Oh, maybe you should come back at night. If you try to focus on them, owl's ass just sticking out yep. of the tree. <laughs> yeah. And I... I, I, I like Lyra noticed it first. She's like, "Daddy, why are the Pokemon's butts out?" <laughs> I'm like, "Honey, I just I don't I'm not First of all, this was made by people called Game Freaks, sweetheart." Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. That was, that was Are you going to stick with us? It's like there's so many other things that are very exciting to play right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I've taken a lot of Pokemon pictures. I, I don't think the, the judging of the pictures doesn't feel as satisfying as the N sixty four game. Yeah, because you'll, you know, I'll take a picture that I think is amazing, and like for example, a picture where the Pokemon is not facing you, is completely hidden behind grass, mm-hmm. but. The Pokemon is doing something special and is completely in the frame will score higher than a beautiful close up of of the Pokemon of, of yeah. the Pokemon's face. Even though the game tells you try get try to get close ups of Pokemon's faces. 
Right. That's, that's like the first thing it tells you. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm probably I'm probably good with it. <laughs> it's a weird it's a weird thing to like I understand like it you know, you're you just called it new Pokemon Snap. It's not lying about what it is. Yeah. But in the in the 20 plus years since Pokemon Snap came out, we went from a world where cameras were a fairly expensive uh, mm. uh, special item to a world in which almost every single human being has on their person at a, at any given moment two or three cameras of varying quality and yeah. the ability to edit these images and touch them up and transform them and create like this whole culture around sharing photos and to see literally zero effort <laughs> put into modernizing the idea of like a uh, photo well, taking game but, but like it I does mean, have now like the different filters and the, if you if you if you do some of the challenge if you fulfill the challenges which are not fun but if you do them <laughs> and you get filters and like little stickers you can put on your photos and different frames and you can upload them and all that, but like, yeah. Where's the blockbuster no, but, to take our memory card to to print out sticker photos? Yeah, I mean, yeah. so there is a device that you can buy for like a hundred and twenty dollars or something that will sync up with your phone that you can use to print Polaroids of the Pokemon snaps that you take. Um, I'll send you a link, Susan. Oh. But well, in, in fairness, <laughs> no, it's, all, it. it's, all, oh, it's not Pokemon Snap specific. It'll no, just it's work no, with it, but oh, it's like oh, it, oh, it, oh, it, oh. it is. Yeah, it's like a it, it's like a Polaroid brand product or something, and you can use yeah. it for oh, whatever. Fun. But it it is Pokemon Snap uh, functional, whereas like an it, animal, crossing. yeah, like the, the, like there are like frames that you can use specific to it. That's like in the app or whatever, and yeah. You, but again, mm. it's like it's this very like atomized individual experience like you have to buy this thing and use it rather than going to a place where other people would be to print up your stickers to share them with other people i don't know it's weird yeah i mean for a game that was so originally like effervescent mm. it's and 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 like delight like a true all ages thing it's weird to see something that like feels like it didn't consider that a child a child might play this game at all. That's an interesting point. Yeah, no, it's, no, at all, at all, no, at all. Well, considering yeah. who is knifing people at Target over po Pokemon cards these days, yeah, maybe fair. they know <laughs> kids aren't playing these games. <laughs> And that's the audience. I think knifing people for Pokemon cards is a good place to, to call it, guys. What do you yeah, think? yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, that, it's also uh, the, the name of my uh, corn cover band. <laughs> oh, oh, knifing people over Pokemon cards. Yeah, yeah. Knifing people for Pokemon cards. I was, oh, damn it. I, I, I was about to try and sing Follow the Leader. And I realized I don't remember the lyrics to that stupid song anymore. Oh. The video was well, animated that's... by Todd McFarlane, yo. <laughs> oh my god. There you go. It all comes back. There we go. Full circle. We ended on Todd McFarlane and Venom again. Yay. Yay. <laughs> uh, 
Dave, who the hell caused it to happen? <laughs> who's 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 at who's, fault? Whose fault is this? <laughs> who's, whose fault is this? Uh, this is the fault of our uh, Patreon backers. patreoncom slash podcast. Uh, I'm going to give a special shout out now to Toast, Doom Cow, Adam Gauntlet, Adam Condra, Michael Coffee, Fancy Manatee, Stormshot, Double Taco, Matthew Peters, Denton Brock, Gluttony One of Seven, Frank Sands, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Yaddle, Ryan Brady, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Tim Chesson, Ryan Mance, Daniel Squire, Tom Coveney, Kalen Houston, and Nick Rugan. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you all so, so much. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you people uh, listening to the show right now realize this. Uh, we actually like doing this. <laughs> uh, it's very fun for us. So thank you for uh, facilitating our good time. Uh, if you are not a backer of this show and are just listening to this, maybe for the first time, thanks. Uh, share it around. That's always the most important thing in the world is, is getting uh, more people listening to the show. And if you do have a dollar to spare, that guarantees uh, that we can pick up games like Resident Evil and uh, Returnal and, unfortunately, new Pokemon Snap. Um, <laughs> it's not... My family is having a it's, lovely time with it. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's cute. It's, it's cute. Taking, taking pictures of Pokemon is still fun. Yes, it, it, 100%. Uh, and um, if you feel like leaving us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, that's also meaningful. You go to patreon.com slash continue podcast. You do whatever you want. You can also follow us on twitter.com slash continue pod. And you can go to twitch.tv slash continue podcast where Dave's been doing some Metroid shit. Yeah. Right? Uh, took a break last week. Probably take a little bit of a break this week just because uh, I'm getting my second dose of vaccine today. And I don't know if... I don't know how far the commission's going to take me. I've also been all, all up in Resident Evil zone trying to finish that yeah. for the show today. But, uh, yeah, I've been playing. We finished Metroid Zero Mission. I'm playing AM2R now. Never played it before. Uh, oh, and then we're going to do... never s- played it. No, it's good. It's real good. It's really good. It's really it's good. so good. Uh, then we're going to do Super Metroid and right on to Metroid Fusion. So, Metroid 10. Uh, yeah, the the uh, actual remake of Metroid Two doesn't need any help looking bad. It does it all on its own. Yeah, um, <laughs> but nothing makes it look worse like the existence of a fan made game that's like incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Susan, where can people find you on the internet for more Susan Art? Uh, for more of uh, the fabulousness that is moi, you can just go over to Twitter and follow me at Susan Arndt, where you will hear things about my dogs and uh, horror movies and uh, video games. Dave, where uh, where's your where's your soul online? My soul online Twitch? on Twitch, uh, and then uh, on Twitter at David Robots, and Instagram also at David Robots. There you go. And if you really want to see a grown man get very upset about candles and video games, you can follow you me on, on Twitter. I was, I was fucking tired of this. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at a John Agnello. Oh, Susan, I'll, I'll send you. I'll, I'll send you the thread. This was a thread okay. that. The, the thread where I got so angry that the Mary Sue actually had to write an article. <laughs> Oh, no, okay. I clearly missed something. Uh, yeah. Anyway, everybody, we'll see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.